I have a guest who also has daddy issues, but for a different reason. I thought you were going to introduce me as daddy. Oh, you know what? Let's take it back. I'm Nikki Bond, and my absentee rock and roll dad has just recently come back into my life. So now I have to try and teach him how to be a father, because he has no clue. Welcome back. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, she's recording an episode. Are they talking again? We're not. I may have tricked you into thinking that, but I figured, you know what? The podcast has to go on. And I've been talking to a couple of friends of mine who have had issues with their dads. And I realized, you know what? There's different kinds of relationships with dads that have affected us. So why not explore all of them? And until me and my dad reconcile and are talking again, I'm going to talk to all the fucked up people out there, you know, just to hear all the different stories, because maybe it'll help me. Maybe it'll help you. Maybe it'll be very interesting, which it is, because there's some hot goss that comes along with these parental issues. But just to give you a bit of an update of where we're at, me and my dad in our relationship, and if anything has come through since my last episode. So that all happened on February 9th, I believe. And he wrote me on February 26th. So that's 27. Nope, that's not math. You get it. A lot of days later. I should have prepped and counted, but instead I'd rather just be very vulnerable and show you how dumb I am. He said, hey, Nicole, I haven't called you because I haven't been well. I'll call you when I'm able to talk. If you feel compelled to respond to this, just send an emoji. And I was like, what? Why an emoji? Now, when I got this text, I was very at peace with what was going on, and I felt very complacent I was like okay that's a text message that's reaching out but not what I'm looking for and I'm still gonna hold out I don't doubt that he's not doing well but I do feel like if we talked about it if he contacted me maybe he would do better maybe he'd feel better maybe not maybe has nothing to do with me but from what I know and how we're the same is like if someone's mad at me or if I'm in a conflict with somebody I love, I feel like shit. And then when I reconcile, I'm like, woo, I'm on a high. Now that comes from other parts of my family and my relationships with other people in my family. So it's not necessarily the case with him always. But this time I've, I've actually overcome the feeling of desperation to talk and I'm just patiently waiting. Now, patient isn't the right word. Uh, I'm just waiting. I had therapy the other day and I was crying and I was like, fuck, I thought that I was okay. I'm not. So I just sent him an emoji back and I haven't heard back. I sent a chick because that's what he always would send when he was being aloof. So I sent a chick. I was like, maybe this is what he means. And then I got high and then I told my friend, I was like, I think this is what he means. Anyways, that's where we stand. And I, uh, yeah, I'm still waiting. And here we are. So today I have a comedian friend of mine who I've talked to a lot about our parental issues and we have the same kind of vulnerability, insecurities, and 
it's interesting because his dad was around, but wasn't mentally. And not to spoil this, but that is kind of where I'm heading. I think that this is an interesting topic to explore. Maybe the podcast should be how our parents fucked us up. Baby boomers, how they fuck us up. Whoa, dad. So I have an actual Matt Daddy Lockwood on the show. Yes. If you can't get your your daddy. So Matt's a comedian. Yes. And first. Well, no. A romantic first, a comedian second. And the daddy. Daddy first. No, you just changed it. That's two different. Daddy and romantic first. Well, being being daddy is part of being romantic. Second, a comedian. Third, a podcaster. Okay. Four, a baker. A baker. Yeah. What's the fifth? You have to have five then. Um, fifth would be like um, kind of just like a chill guy. That's it. Guy, like a guy, um, guy who like you know likes to likes to uh, hang out. Yeah, I know what chilling is. You mean listen to music, have a good conversation. So I like I like being on the internet. Okay, those are two different things. You either are a good, you're a guy that likes to chill, listen to music, or you're on the internet. Yeah. That's fine. That's 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 more of an insult. That's your you would you like being on the internet? Yes. What are you looking up on the internet? Well, I play Wordle. Um, oh. I like to uh, look at Instagram, TikTok. You do. Yeah. That's why you're depressed. Uh, probably has something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's hundred percent why you're. Do depressed. you want to know my trick? What? I I stopped following like rich and hot people, and I started following um, ugly and poor people. Oh, how did you find them? You just kind of look. That's smart. You know, hashtag ugly and poor. But I feel... <laughs> they come. I you feel like that kind of like when I'm on TikTok, which I don't, I'm not on that much, but I feel like what I don't like is when it is really ugly, like sad people that look like rats. That yeah, it's not as enjoyable to look no. at, but you feel better about yourself. Certainly. All right. Okay. That's a tactic. I don't know if I'll do that. I follow magicians. That's nice. Um. Yeah. Siamese twins. I don't, I don't like that. I don't, are they attached? Yeah. No, I don't, head. I don't, I I know, but it makes you, it makes you appreciate how easy your life is. I don't like, I don't like it. Mm. I don't like stuff like that. That's racist. It's not, I mean, they can be white and be attached. No, they're Siamese. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to say something that I'll get in trouble for with our 100 listeners. So, uh, okay, well, anyways, I guess Matt is a lover, a dad. No, he's not romantic. A romantic, which means he's not having as much sex as he would like to, but he's being romantic to get there. Sure. Yeah, okay. And then uh, daddy, but he's not an actual dad. He doesn't have any children, but his name is You don't need children to be a dad. What? But yes. Um, wait, 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 wait. No, being daddy is like an energy. Okay. So the, the world is my children. Okay, so describe to me how you act as a daddy to the world. Well, it's just, you know, this um, idea of um, nurturing through tough love. Okay, let's stop there for a second. Let's stop there for a second. First of all, did your dad give you tough love? Mm, He gave me tough something, yes. Okay, second of all, 
uh, how would you describe your way of giving tough love? By never giving love, but feeling love inside and not telling the people that you love them? You don't them think I ever tell people I love them? Until you're drunk? No. Well, or until they're really sad? Yeah. I mean, it comes out when it needs to come out. Isn't that what <laughs> tough love is? If you just give it all willy-nilly, then it's not tough. That's, that's easy love. So do you have a method to this madness? Like, are no, you, like, you just say what you feel when you feel it, and most of the time you try not to feel anything. So it's kind of like tough love on yourself as well as the other yeah. person. Well, the way you love others is how you love yourself, I believe. Okay, and do you think that you also got that from the way that your parents loved you? Yes. And do you like being loved that way? No. Exactly. <laughs> so I but it's like- but it's hard to not love the way that you were loved. Okay. Do you think that if you had a kid, you would still love that way? If I had a kid, I'd be a uh, no. I'd love completely different. I'd be a good parent. Okay. So you're a daddy in the sense that you nurture people. I'm fully ready to have a kid. Oh. All right, guys. Uh, this is Matt Lockwood. He's fully ready to have a kid if there are any not, ladies out there. Not financially, just emotionally. <laughs> you really want a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Why? But I think I'm going to adopt. When? <laughs> you adopting Jennifer Aniston? Like, when is this happening? I don't, well, like later when I'm financially stable. But I, I really want to adopt. Like, even if you don't have a wife. Well, it'd be nice to have help. Someone so, to stay home and... You can hire someone for that. Do the dishes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, are you saying that even if you had a wife, you would still want to adopt? I think so. I think there's... um, You know, bringing a kid into this world would be lovely, I'm sure. But I think there's, you know, kids that need... My thought is, like, the the kids that, like... This is going to take a while. Is it okay if we get yeah, into yeah, it? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, let's go. So for, for as, me... As long as it's on the idea of parenting. For me, it's like I had interesting parents who both parented um, kind of bad in different ways. So they were they were separated. Can we try with the now or do you want to wait to tell your theory and then we'll get into how they... Um, will you be able to keep them... See, I'm used to my dad who like goes all, all over the map, but I'm like, yeah. can you... Yeah, just bring it back it to back. that when I'm done with the adoption thing. Okay, great. So so my I, I feel like I know how to... Um, I know I know abandonment issues and I know how to love through abandonment issues because I had to learn how to love myself through abandonment issues. Yeah. And I feel like um, kids, I was also friends with kids that were adopted and I've talked to them about oh. what it feels like to be adopted. And a lot of times people adopt if they can't have kids. And so the love for um, these kids, like the, the love these kids need is not the love they're receiving because it's just, it's people frustrated with the fact that they're not able to have kids that Whoa. just feel like they can have kids. I feel like it would be cool as a, as a guy to adopt these kids because out of a, out of a want to adopt them yeah. instead of a need to adopt and really give, um, kids the, the love that maybe they wouldn't be able to receive otherwise. Whoa. I never thought about it that way because I've, watch friends and monica like adopts and she's so happy to it ad- i thought it'd be endless love because they're yeah. so grateful that they have a child now no a lot of i mean i'm sure that happens a lot i'm sure there's a lot of loving parents that that do adopt and can take care of the kids but i i know that like a lot of kids that are adopted have these really deep-seated issues that um you know obviously that there's huge abandonment issues there but then also whatever else is like there might be resentment or some sort of wall blocking the the relationship between the kids and the parents whoa and so that's something i feel like i can provide and something i would like to provide for okay as many kids as i can but okay angelina jolie i guess well okay so so when you talk about your parents but and- i want to like adopt domestically too 
Okay. You yeah. No. No foreigners. No. Well, I mean, if yeah, maybe, but also like, yeah. I don't know. What What made you say domestically? Um. I want my kids to be white. All right. <laughs> no. And thanks for listening, guys. Uh, not sure if this episode's now coming out anymore. Yeah, bleep that out. No, I just... Um, <laughs> you want to make sure that people know... Because I also feel like a lot of people adopt internationally. And that leaves a lot of kids here to to not be adopted. I think that a lot of people adopt young. Would you adopt like a 10-year-old or a 13-year-old? I would go... Okay, this is going to sound like a bad comparison, but I promise it's not. Okay. You know how when you go when you adopt a dog, uh-huh. you go to the pound and you you've maybe try to see if there's a connection with any of them? Yeah. That's what I would do. So age doesn't matter to me. Okay. You know, ethnicity doesn't matter, gender doesn't matter. I'd be like I would find the kid that looks like he needs to be adopted the most and try to adopt them. Have you ever seen the movie Orphan? No. Oh, you should watch it. Is it like The Omen? No, it's a, it's based on a true story mm. and it's about a girl, I think it was in Denmark and she looked, she was like 19, but she looked really young and she ha- did fraud and was at like an orphanage and then a family adopted her and she scammed them and took all their money and was stealing from them. Damn. And like, and yeah, I want to adopt her. Is that crazy? Yeah, I want to adopt crazy- a 19 year old. The movie, she kills people, so it's kind of sucks. But then she also was, like, trying to seduce her dad, her adopted dad. Yeah, it mm. was a whole thing. If you look it up, it's crazy. Yeah, I would pick someone not not quite like that. Okay. Well, they thought that she was charming, and they got along with her, but she was, yeah. So then, Yeah, but I could see through that. So, um, okay, well, that's that's very nice of you. And would you adopt if you didn't have a wife? I think it'd be or easier. Or a husband? We don't know. His sexuality. So. I think it'd be easier to um, adopt with a wife or a, a partner of some sort. Yeah. Right. But what's the age limit that you would maybe like stop it to be like well, my wife at least 18. Okay. I didn't mean that. But oh. um, now we've covered. Uh, I, sorry, guys. I have Chris D'Elia <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> no, I said at least 18. So, oh, yeah. True. Okay. So I meant. If you were single and 40, would you adopt at that age or like... Yeah, maybe like one. Okay. I think I could handle one by myself. And what age do you think you would hit that you'd be like, oh, I would adopt... I know it's hard to predict that. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. I mean, if I get rich tomorrow, then I could do it in the next couple years, you know? Okay, so you would do it on your own. Yeah. If you were rich now. Yeah. Okay. I'd be like Annie. Uh, Daddy Daddy uh, Warbucks. Okay, because I was like, Annie was the adopted. Right. Okay, I actually haven't seen Annie. I haven't either. Have you seen Black Annie? Yes, I have. Have you? <laughs> no. Well, somebody's racist. If you are against both, though, I haven't seen either. I've listened to that Jay Z song. Yeah, that's true. I I haven't seen Annie, the Black Annie, but it's not because Blanny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that out as well i guess i am gonna have to edit this episode <laughs> okay so your parents and abandonment issues so um you're what this is funny because i'm going to therapy right after this oh my <laughs> so and like in real life i'm kind of your therapist a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. so now well now you're just sharing your story yeah. i'm not here to solve anything okay 
now I just more so is like, because I think we were talking about this. The reason why we I decided to do this was because I was on a hike with Matt and Daddy and um, saying about how I haven't talked to my dad still. Uh, we're on like day 27. And he was, and I was saying how I wanted to bring people on that have daddy issues or like have dads. Because I found that there's certain people that have dads that were around, but they worked a lot. So they have daddy issues and, and like different kind of abandonment issues. And I was like, well, in the meantime, I'd like to talk to people all over the, the dad issue spectrum. However, we don't have to stick to dads. Moms fuck up too. So then... Um, that's why I brought Matt on for the first guest because I already know his daddy issues, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, but I not as much detail, and I thought it's interesting because he was in your life. Yeah. But was aloof, so yeah. I'll let you explain that. Yeah. Um. My my parents. Uh, are we good? Yeah, we're good. I'm just making. I'm just expanding it to make sure we're still recording. My um. Yeah. yeah my parents were goofballs. They got divorced when I was two. My dad. Hey, me too. Huh. Me too. Nice. Well, mine was about 10 years later. My dad, um, he, because you're old, because uh, oh. my dad, oh. my dad uh, left my mother for one of our neighbors with big tits. Jesus. And um, yeah, moved away. He moved away? Yeah. I mean, like 45 minutes, but. Okay. So where, where were you living? Michigan. And when you were, t- did they divorce because he was having an affair? Yes. And did Because he, he wanted to be with the other woman. Damn, he chose the other woman, yeah. the neighbor. Yeah. And how long do you Big think... Big mistake. <laughs> okay, then what happened? I was going to ask more details about her, but now you've intrigued me. Um, so I got divorced when I was two. So they lived... Um, so they both got remarried... My dad got remarried in like 97 when to, I was... To the big titty bitch? To, to her. Okay. Moved to like a, a farmhouse on a lot of land out in the country. Um... And then my mom got remarried and moved to the suburbs. So we grew up in like, like a kind of like a hood neighborhood, kind of the inner city. It's it's called the uh, ends in heights. If that gives you any idea, that's like okay, a, okay. Um, so not like a dangerous neighborhood, but just like you know, kind a of suburb, like, yeah. Um, in the city still. Um, so my dad moved out to the country. My mom moved to the suburbs, and my dad got married to this um, lady who. Was not pleasant and how so, how so? in any way, shape, or form. She is still alive, but and she, had big she boobs, is the mother so to my were... sisters. So I try oh. not to be too mean about her. But, oh. but your sisters wouldn't listen to this. Um, maybe. I mean, probably not. But just in case, okay. If, if you are, don't. Um, <laughs> if you if you are, stop listening. She yeah. is one of the worst people to have ever been in my life. Wow. Um, pretty mean. Um, just like. Just like a uh, like Disney villain evil. Okay, so the stepmom in Cinderella. Yeah, but more like, more like Sly, like Ursula. Ursula, I was thinking Ursula. She would like smile, like when I picture her, it's with an evil smile on her face, oh like she's cooking my something God. up. Um, maybe some mental disorders or some sort, you know, bipolar or something. Yeah, um, I'm sure, but yeah, what they would. They would fight a lot. Her, my dad would like yell and scream, and she would throw fits and like throw um, the. She would like open the cupboards and grab the bowls and chuck them out, and they'd all break no. all over the floor and shit. Yeah, and uh, that house was like very dirty, um, old. A lot of like, like my dad hates um, nice stuff or success in any way. Like he thinks you're a pussy if you have a good life. 
Weird. Um, Because he also came from like a very hard family. Yeah, okay. Um, Damn. He's actually like the most regular person in his family. Damn. Which is wild if you meet him. Um, So yeah, they they lived out there. And then my mom married this like, you know, stereotypical stepdad guy. Like Like, loves mowing the lawn, cleans the pool. His name's Doug. Jim. Jim. Yeah, yeah close. Even better. Even better. Uh, very stepdaddy. Like never. He. We went to the same high school that he went to. Like he never left the city. Okay. okay. Um. Doesn't really like to do anything. Doesn't like to travel. Sticks to a routine. Eats the same thing for lunch every day. You know, drinks half his Coca Cola. Puts it in the fridge. Uh. Yeah, his favorite thing was like mowing the lawn and and. I don't know. Listening to the radio in the garage type thing. Okay. Okay. And did he wear like blue button ups? Um, he wore a lot of like golf shirts. He's a golfer. Okay, okay. So okay, big golf okay, shirt okay. guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like you know that. Lived in the suburbs, and that house was like very clean. Um, he would yell at us if we sat on the furniture if we had been outside. Okay. Um, okay. But not, not like dirty. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Just, just like physically outside. Yeah, kinda. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but to get the idea of like what this house was like, a lot okay. of rules. We couldn't watch like PG thirteen already movies. Whereas we'd be at my dad's and we'd be watching like porn, porn essentially. Yeah. See, but that's my thing about step parents is I'm like, you can't come into my life and now give me the rules. Yeah. Well, so the, this is the reason I have abandonment issues is because at my dad's house, my stepmom called the shots and my mm. dad would not stand up for us at all. And then at my, at my mom's, my stepdad called the shots and my mom wouldn't stand up for us at all. Damn. So we... It's me and older brother, older sister, and a younger brother. The four of us. You, older that's brother, four. older sister, that's, younger. That's my mom and dad's kids. Okay, okay. Um, our step-siblings were treated differently at both houses. No. Because their parents called the shots. This was my nightmare. Yeah. For real when yeah. I was a kid. I just didn't want anybody to date um, anyone. Yeah, it sucks. And so then the four of us were just kind of left to like survive on our own emotionally. Oh my kind God. Of, kind of physically. I mean, my mom did a good job of like... My mom and stepdad did a good job of providing for us, and like we always had food, and like we weren't poor, but we they ne- would never give us money. But it was like you know we felt comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, we just like very much didn't have our parents to go to emotionally um, support, like at all. Nothing. To you didn't have your parents to like be parents, and then you're watching them be parents to other people. Yeah, and my mom, my mom's like a really, really good person. She's a like a teacher a paraprofessional so she worked with kids with special needs growing up and she she always talked about how much she loved her students and would always like buy them gifts and like do all this nice stuff for them and then we kind of always felt like we were forgotten or yeah it was really interesting whoa and then did you split your time between i'm gonna make sure it's still recording between your two parents we did um we did every other weekend with my dad and thursdays with my dad Thursday Every nights. other weekend with your dad and Thursday nights with your dad. And did you and your siblings talk about, like, how you hated Ursula? Um, Not really. We also kind of, like, um, the four kids kind of lost our loyalty to each other, in a way. Damn, how so? My brother, I my older brother, I think, resented my father because he was old when my dad left and, like, knew what was going on yeah i was like you really fucked this up you scumbag yeah um and just really went on a path towards whatever the opposite of my dad is so like worked his whole life got a really good job 
uh, made a bunch of money, lives in a really nice house with a nice family, just like, you know, has a lot of nice things, new things, which my dad is very anti that. Um, my sister just started traveling a lot, got out um, as soon as she could, um, went to like China, Africa, work, like wherever she could go. She would go to national parks in the summer and like just be away. Okay. My little brother resented my mom and um, really like took on my dad's personality and acts oh, a lot like no. him and talks a lot like him now. And I just always felt like kind of in the middle. I I try to keep, I try to play both sides. Yeah. And now I try to play neither side where I'm just like, fuck you both. Uh, I mean, I still have relationships with them, but it, it, it's like all of us, we didn't really have each other even through yeah. all that because it was all like, we were all playing different games. Of survival. Yeah. Yeah. You have the guy that's like just trying to be your older brother trying to be rich to get out of the house. Your sister just trying to adventure to see what like else life has. Yeah. You were like, boop, boop. Yeah. I'm going to. I was like, I just, I'm going to sit in the basement and eat a lot, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then your little brother who's like, well, I just want to, I just want my dad to love me. It's probably what it is. That's why he became him. And I'm going to hate my mom for it. Yeah. Yeah, because my mom, like, really pushed him hard, and he's uh, wasn't good in school. He's, like, really smart when it comes to, like, outdoor stuff and, uh-huh. like, fixing cars and shit. He's really good with all that. Not very good in school. And my mom always, like, pushed him too hard in that, so he kind of started to resent her for that, I think. And then oh, damn. Really, like, my dad's very outdoorsy, fix cars, do projects, build shit. Right. And so he kind of gravitated towards that and became that. Okay, whoa. And okay. then I would just be on the internet listening to music all day. Being chill. Escaping. Being number five chill guy yeah 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 and then so with your dad because like when we talk about from what i know like he seems to be like a disruption in your life so at the time like when you were going over there and ursula are they still together is he still with no ursula? he's on a new one what happened with ursula they divorced they were married for like 10 years had two kids together and then got divorced okay and so besides him not like being a support for you and being a parent um was there anything else like did he try or was it like was there anything else that he had fault he, he's just very like has never in his life talked about his emotions like very shut off um doesn't know how to communicate um you know has a has a lot of like anger built up and doesn't know how to release it i mean the scariest thing i've ever seen in my life is like my dad angry Really? And, and the look in his eyes when he's looking at me when he's angry is like, I still have nightmares about it. It's Wh- just like, what did there's, he get angry at? Just whatever. If I'm like punching my brother or, you know, we do something stupid or whatever. But it's just like the the anger behind his eyes is like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's heavy. It's like, you can see it. It's like he blacks out. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he never, I've never seen him act on it. Right. So he has enough control to keep it in, but it's like, I know there's a lot of like, and I know some of the shit he went through. He didn't really talk about it much, but mm-hmm. the shit he went through growing up is way worse than what I went through. And so it's like, he has his own demons. To yeah, deal for with. sure. But he just never has dealt with them or knows how to deal with them or so annoying. Like, I just feel like none of our parents do like that's, no. they're just like, sorry, this is how it is. And yeah. you got to pay for your own therapy yeah. to get to deal with what we, so then as a kid, were you aware of the disconnect between you and your dad or were you 
just like naive and trying to make it work because like I want to we'll get into like how you think it affected you now but at the time yeah were you aware or were you just kind of living and thought it was normal um yeah that's the thing I mean my whole life they were divorced and opposites and like the the city I grew up in the city we moved to was very like Christian and white and I didn't have any friends with divorced parents. I didn't really have anyone Damn. to like talk to about it. Whoa. Um, Is that why you're a comedian? <laughs> I think it has a lot no. to do with it. Yeah. Everybody's like that. My mom tried to get me to go to therapy, but I was just like so shut off. Like I didn't know how to talk about it. Um, like I didn't feel feelings for a long time. So right. I, no, I don't know if I like knew the disconnect between me and my dad. I knew that like, when I would go over to his house for the weekends, I would usually just sit in the basement and play video games. And there wasn't a lot of like, I mean, I would I would go and help him work on cars or whatever, but he would always get so frustrated that I didn't know anything without teaching me anything. Oh my God. That it was like, God. if I did that, it was like, because I wanted to be with my dad, but like, yeah. I hated every second of it. Like I was terrified of every second of it. He like asked for a tool and you know, you can't say which one is that. You have to, just you have to guess. guess. And if you get it wrong, you're an idiot. And it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah, it wasn't enjoyable. Damn. And so now when, is he still like that? Or like you able to stand up to him and be like, well, you did, I didn't, I don't know. What um, tool it is. Now he's just, he's just much more like the wife he's with now has settled him down a lot. And he, he's like, just kind of like, um, yeah, he just, he's more old, I guess now where he's just kind of like. He doesn't really work as hard. He's just kind of chilling. Um, I mean, we can be around each other. It's fine. There's not... We don't really have anything in common. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I just like... I'm, I'm like very spiritual and emotional and I like having conversations like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, I don't even know how to talk to him really. Because there's no way he does. Because he doesn't want to. Or maybe he does, but he won't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um... So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 it. Sometimes it feels like a chore, hanging out with him. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like it's not dreadful. Was it like? Do you think that having him around and then him not being accessible? I kind of already asked this, but like, d is painful now looking back? Like, how do you think that it affected you and your insecurities? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, I like. I don't, I don't blame my parents for it, but they are fully responsible for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Interestingly, like, you don't blame them for well, it. Well, because it's like my dad, my dad grew up in a really shitty household. My mom grew up with a father who wouldn't tell her he loved her. Like, they weren't taught how to be good parents. And so how would they ever be good parents? Especially right. when you separate and then it goes into like self-protection mode where they can't even, like my whole life growing up, I always felt like my mom was doing what was best for her. Right. And I don't blame her for that, but it did leave us kids to fend for ourselves. Yeah. So it's like, do I blame her? No. Is she responsible? Yeah. Fully. Yeah. It's funny though, because you do lean on your mom more and what she did when your dad, like, but that's maybe because you saw him every other weekend yeah. and every I lived Thursday. with my mom. Yeah. Like she, she was the one that was, that should have been the parental resource. Right. Exactly. And, but then at the same time, when you go to your dad's but he's still like shut off and scaring you then you're not gonna want to go to your dad's yeah so 
like did you find were you ever trying to impress him besides not wanting to get in trouble but was there any sort of like validation you needed um yeah there was validation i i guess i didn't like know how to get it like i wasn't really conscious about that stuff to me it was i always try to i try to play both sides i try to be like a different person when i would go to my dad's i would act a certain way when i went to my mom's i would act a certain way Damn. and that still has an effect on me now where i'm like you know, try to people please and try to get every, like, try to not piss anyone off, try to get everyone to like you. Yeah. Um, which is really tough. Yeah. Especially when they don't like, or not even if they don't like you, but yeah, if they don't like you, but also if you're like, I'm just being polite. Like when yeah. I told you yesterday about him, yeah. the wave and I was like, I almost cried, but it had nothing to do with like, I don't care if you don't like me, but it's like, yeah, we're so used to trying to please people yeah. that if you get ignored, it hits harder. Yeah, and it sucks too because I'll like focus on the people that I, if if I feel like they don't like me or if there's like if they're on the fence about liking me, I focus more on them than the people that do like me. Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. Well, and that's also comes into dating. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because I f- so that's what they fuck me up the most with. I think. Yeah that's me too i mean i'm not in that now and that's why like me and matt when we talk about dating and i will always give advice because i'm like i know exactly how you're doing it like we always want the people that don't like us because if we can get the validation from them then like friends whatever i I actually don't really care about people like if they don't like me now but with dating it was like just give me the people that maybe are on the fence yeah. and if I can get them to change for me because I, the whole life you want your dad to change for I, you I have to earn their love yeah and if I don't have to earn it then it's not worth having yes yeah which is not a good and how like special do you feel if you earned it and it's someone that other people couldn't hold down yeah 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 it really sucks it's the worst <laughs> yeah but you know I feel like it, I got to a point where I was always doing that always dating players and then now I feel like with my relationship, I'm like, well, he he got what I wanted out of people. And we're, you know, where it's like you, we want to hold the people down. I'm like, oh, he learned how to hold me down. And instead of me going after players, I was like, I'm the player. Yeah. And he he got, you know, then I felt more powerful. Yeah. He reversed it on you. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I made this up in my head. If he listened to this, he'd be like, you're, you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, Oh, it's actually more fun. If you consider yourself the one in power, the one who can't be held down instead of going after the ones who can be. Yeah. Cause you are the one who can't be held down to people that are softer and more normal. Yeah. I, I do feel like, you know, there's been women in my life who, I'm I'm always like I always think about like if they really put in the effort I would probably be with them, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In- instead of seeing me as like this guy, whatever. If they yeah. if they treated me like the woman, like the hot bitch, yeah, then you would be okay. Yeah. And so when you moved, where okay, you moved to San Diego. Yeah. And did you keep in touch with your parents? Yeah, I mean, I talk to my mom probably once a week, once every other week. I talk to my dad, I don't know, once every couple months. And how long would you talk to your dad on the phone for? He is not someone who hangs up ever. So Oh, it's, weird. It's a lot of like, um, we'll, we'll have a little conversation, and they'll both kind of sit there for a couple seconds in, in silence. No. And then, 
oh, oh, so maybe we could talk about this. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll talk about that. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, then, then maybe this thing could happen. It's just like a lot of like, ne- neither of us is good at oh my god hanging up or i don't know my whole family has always been bad at setting boundaries and like communicating and um yeah it's always it's always weird it's always a really awkward phone call do you feel like you're the one who's learning more about yourself and how to deal with this than anybody else or other people getting help too um i'm i'm definitely putting in the most effort by far um yeah and is there any, like, was there ever a time that you didn't want to talk to your parents? Where you just are like, I give up. Like, I don't know. Mm, no. I mean, I used to fight with them a lot. Okay. Uh, not my dad, really. I used to fight with my mom a lot. Um, But I've never, like, wanted them out of my life. Okay. Because that, that's what I wanted to ask was, do you think that, like, with your dad's situation, the abandonment issues, that's, it's a weird kind of, a, or your mom as well. It's a weird kind of abandonment issue because it's not like mine where it's like people aren't, someone's not there. It's like, I don't know what's, my question is, I don't know what's more painful. Someone just physically not being there and you can accept it and be like, okay, you're gone. This is my life. This is my norm, whatever. Or someone always being there, but not being yeah, emotionally. Like physical abandonment or emotional abandonment. Yeah. To me, it's like, I mean, physical abandonment is probably worse, but I think if, if someone abandons you fully, you can begin to deal with it sooner. Right. Whereas like, I didn't realize I even had abandonment issues because both my parents were in my life. Yeah. And so it's like, you don't realize you have it until you are willing to grow up and like deal with it and talk about it and figure out why you feel the way you feel about certain things. And then it's like, oh, I'm 30 and now I have to deal with abandonment issues Whereas yeah. if they left when I was young, I could have been dealing with it the whole time. It's true, but I didn't deal with it when I when I was young. I just figured my dad's not in my life. That's the way it is. And so, when did you that, realize? Like, what age did you realize you had to deal with it? Um, uh, la la la. I don't. Let me think. I accepted it all through elementary elementary school. I didn't really know. High school, I was like this, and I had another friend though whose dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. So you have that. Yeah. yeah, I had that where I could be like, oh, that's just it, and I didn't care and I didn't feel sad. I think it wasn't until my, oof, probably university, and I didn't deal with it yet. Which but is what I, like early twenties? Yeah, early twenties, yeah. like nineteen to twenty three, and then I was like, oh, I well, I also. Mm, I was pretty self-aware kid where when I was in elementary school, I would get how you get validation from like getting friends, people to like that don't like you like you. Mine was more becoming friends with guys. Mm. That was my thing. And like since grade six yeah, that I was aware that I was like, I love the feeling of having guys like me as a friend yeah, and that, and I was aware that it was because of my dad. And then I started to like fiend off of it and I would just become friends with all these guys and there was nothing better than the high of like getting off the phone with a guy friend yeah and i never thought that i'd hook up with them because i was ugly so i had nothing to expect but i loved being like yeah their go-to girl i feel that way a lot too with girls yeah like i i have a lot of very like emotionally intimate relationships with women yeah it's so good but it's also like that's just us filling the void yeah it's interesting though because your dad like fucked up a little bit i feel like here's the thing i feel like listening i'm like you're you're you are letting your dad off the hook uh, 
not off the hook you still have feelings but like your mom hurt you more because you lived with her where your dad it seems like you just kind of accept that like he's a grumpy guy he grew up tough he's not gonna expel his emotions yeah. you don't need that validation from guys you just need it from women i still need it from guys but i just need it from women more okay i you know i still seek it out from both for sure yeah but i care less about men than i do like i also just like growing up i didn't have male role models i didn't have men I didn't have any man in my life that I looked up to. Right. And like, I, I would feel like I was fully raised by women and, um, all the important people in my life have been women. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't know. I care about their opinions more. Yeah. I feel like I connect with women more like emotionally. I can, I like, f I can be more honest around women than I can around men. Yeah. Yeah. Type yeah. Of thing. But See, I'm the opposite where. I like to crack men and get them to open up and be uh, emotional and like get everything that I can yeah. out of them. And then I'm, and I'm like, I know I'm going to be that person for you. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And do you think that like with your dad, do you feel close to him at all? Or do you, are you like, this is just a distant relationship? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think we'll get closer and we're not that close. So Yeah. Have you, I guess I, when I was a kid and with my dad issues and I didn't know my dad, sometimes I wondered like if I loved him and it was the weirdest thing to think about. Yeah. Cause I was like, I, I'm supposed to love you, but I don't know you. So I really don't know if I love you. And I would like think about it when I was like 10 and be like, but if he died, would I be sad? And I don't, it was fucked up. Yeah. Have you ever had that? I've had those thought? thoughts a lot. Yeah. Interesting. I still, I, and I still am like, I don't, I don't know if what me and my dad or me and my mom have on both ends is, is love. Really? Yeah. Because love is like, love is like really caring for someone and like really paying attention and appreciating. And I mean, I, both of them have told me they love me obviously. Right. And you know, I think they love me maybe as much as they can or as much as they're willing to, but like I didn't, I didn't feel that somebody actually loved me until pretty recently. Really? Where I was like, oh, this is kind of what love is. Whoa. Um, Who loved you? You know, just some some people in my life. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hormos specifically. Okay. Where it was like, he, he like, yeah, Cute. he really like, um, I mean, it was during an acid trip. So it's like a lot of. All right. Well, <sighs> the still is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But it, so, so, well, let me explain this because okay. it's actually pretty beautiful. Okay. So I, I, we took acid in the desert and it was a big group of people and I took too much and I started to have a little freak out. And the way, the way it happened in my head was I, I left the circle and I walked down this like giant pier, right? It's like a cloudy, misty pier. Okay. Like really long, narrow, out into a void essentially. Wait, where was this? In the desert. But We're, this is like on acid, so it's like the the things happening fake, in my brain. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa! And it's a pier I've been down many times before throughout my whole life, right? Okay. It's like this long, narrow into into the darkness, into the void. Do you and actually I go, see this pier? I can visualize it. Yeah. Whoa! I mean, it's not like I felt like I was walking down a pier, but in my head, I can visualize. Okay, okay, it. okay. You weren't up and walking. So okay. it's it's a thing that I've walked down my whole life where when I feel insecure, I'm sad, or whatever. This is the pier I walk down, and I go, and there's a, I sit at the end. And I would always wait for somebody to come down the pier. Okay. And and my my parents never did. My family never did. My friends never did. It was always me sitting at this pier alone, 
sad, empty until I was ready to come back. And for the first time in my life, somebody walked down and it was hormones. Oh my and he's God. like, I could tell you're having a bad trip. And we just sat and like cried for a little bit. Oh my God. And Did I was you like, cry too? Oh yeah. We were bawling. What was he crying? Because I was crying. Oh. Because he loves me. Yeah. And so it's like to, to like I had been down that path so many times in my life where I would be sad about something and go sit at the end by myself. And like I, my parents never made the walk down damn now here's my thing though yeah when you're talking about the pier and it's in your head then how do they know that you're on the pier if you, you could just be sitting well, staring at a wall well yeah but the, <laughs> the point is like the pier is an emotional thing it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, a sadness yeah, yeah. thing where i'm like right i am walking into this darkness yes 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 and yes, yes. as parents you should recognize yes. that your kid is yes in this moment of desperation or whatever yeah. and walk down and console them totally like i used to get in fights with my mom and i would go down to my bedroom and just cry and cry and cry and cry and have conversations with my mom in my head and like all the things i wanted to say and all this stuff and she would never come down we would have to go upstairs. No. And then even when we went upstairs, it was like we couldn't carry on until I apologized to her. No. This is like kind of like how I'm holding out. Yeah. Where with my dad, I'm like, y you have to call me. I told you the ball's in your court. Because yeah. it's not to have to always go up to your mom. It's yeah. like that's not f I'm the fucking you, kid. You're the parent. Yeah. Come, come down. Tell me you're sorry. Tell me it's okay. Let's yeah. talk it out. Because I'm sitting in my room and I have all this stuff I want to say. It's like I'm having these fake arguments in my head and these discussions oh, in my head. I would say them out loud. And then I'd go, yes, or even out loud. And then I'd go upstairs and she would be stone-faced like we wouldn't talk about it. We wouldn't say anything. The only thing that could happen is I would have to apologize to her and then we'd move on. Oh. So the, so the peer is when I would go down in my bedroom and cry. Yes, yes, That's yes. the peer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Damn. So now that, well, now that you have that kind of love, then I don't think your parents are ever going to be able to fulfill that now that you know what that yeah. feels like. Yeah. But then it's crazy because I'm like, they think that they love you, but yeah. you're like, well, you don't see me and you're not helping me. You're not being a parent. Yeah. But maybe if something bad, knock on wood, happened to you, they would show up and like, be the parent do you think that or do you think you you're just i hope that's not what it takes though yeah um yeah and it's like i i mean i i recently had a conversation similar to this with my mom just about like and my sister just about like you know how we felt emotionally abandoned and how we didn't really feel like she was sticking up for us like we moved into this new house we moved into my stepdad's house and he had all these new rules we had to act a certain way like when we lived with my mom and she was a single mom, you know, we'd, we'd go into her bed at night and, and sleep with her and yeah. we'd hang out and we'd all use the bathroom together. Nobody cared. We were a family and we move into this new house and they're like, my stepdad's like, you're not allowed in our bedroom. Um, oh my God. You know, you have certain bedtimes or whatever. Like I, I would wake up, I would be so scared in the middle of the night. I would wake up and I would go sleep outside their door on the floor. What? Sometimes I would sleep on like the landing on the stairs just to be like. Because I wasn't allowed to go seek refuge from them, but I was too scared to sleep alone in my bed. I And then they would mock me for sleeping on the floor. They would laugh at me. And it was like, oh, don't you understand? There's something there's, so darkly psychological going yeah. on. 
There's something very wrong. And they just didn't. Yeah. That makes me so fucking mad at your mom, though. <laughs> yeah. That's like my biggest fear was always step parents and step parents taking over. Yeah. That is so fucked up. Yeah. And it just it happened in both houses. And it was just like. Yeah. You I, didn't there have was a safe haven. A, there was a point. We had nothing. We had nothing. We, I mean, I didn't feel safe in either house. I didn't feel like. I it didn't was your f- home. Yeah. Never. There was a point where we went to my dad's and my stepmom was like you're not allowed to eat our food without asking no <laughs> yeah. i was like but we we live here this is we're supposed to live here like we live here for three days and what did did your dad just go yeah it's true or he wasn't even i don't know say? i mean we just like he was gone a lot you know even even on the weekends we were there he would be gone a lot where was he where was he i don't know probably fucking other women really um maybe who knows oh my god he was busy he worked hard you know he had a a he was a, an engineer at a like a GM plant. He had a really okay. good job, made a lot of money, but that's so f- much more frustrating. Um, yeah, I'd rather him be poor and yeah. angry yeah. than like make a lot of money and be shitty. Yeah, made a lot of money, didn't know how to spend it. I don't know what he spent it on because we always had like shitty cars, shitty house. There's like bugs in the cereal type of house. No. Um. What? Like, like fly traps over the dinner table. No. For a while for a while so when we first moved into this house we had um you know it's it's four kids plus her two kids right okay so there's not enough bedrooms so my dad built bunk uh, three layer bunk beds for me and my brothers and we all shared a room and then eventually they ended up giving that room to one of her daughters and when me and my little brother would go over for the weekend we would sleep on the couches oh my god like we would pack our stuff and then our bed for the weekend would be couches oh my god god in in a house yeah i don't know like i honestly feel like i i'm with my situation i'm like okay i'll talk to we're talking we're working it through with your dad i would honestly grow up and be like i'm done like i just don't i part of me feels that way part of me is like i don't need them yeah um they don't help they don't offer much i mean they recent very recently within the last year we're like if you need help financially ask us and I mean, I in high school and college, I was like broke. I would put quarters of gas in my car. I would find change, and that's why I would buy gas. And I had a job. I had cars that would shut off when I came to a stop. I had oh cars I started God. with a screwdriver. And instead of helping us, my stepdad would be like, you're not allowed to park in the driveway. The oil leaks on my driveway. No. <laughs> so we'd have to park on the street and walk up. Just like there was never any uh, – th- so this is this is the story I always tell to get an idea. So I had to pay for my phone. I had to pay for car insurance. I had to pay for everything. They didn't pay for anything. Oh I I could not pay for my phone and car one month. My stepdad took my keys and my and my phone no. and said, you can't have this back until you pay. Okay? So I used that house phone. I called one of my friends. I'm like, hey, you got to come pick me up. I don't have a phone. I don't have a car. My friend, my 16-year-old friend came and picked me up, drove me to the bank, took out money from his account so I could pay. Like oh my, 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 my. 16 year old friend is helping me pay for this stuff when my parents won't oh my god and it's not like i was making mistakes i was working i was working at a pizza place i had summer jobs at a farm i was like trying because i had because you you know we're making like six bucks an hour yeah or whatever. And, and i'm going to school so i'm working i don't know 10 hours a week 15 hours a week it's not enough to pay for gas yeah, and you're, you're literally activities a and yeah whatever i'm i'm 16 i'm 17 yeah and yeah it's just like they would they never they never helped us financially at all and my stepdad would have buy a brand new car for him and my mom like brand new stuff and then we just got 
Nothing. Oh my God. Nothing. See, that's that's where I'm like, that's with the question. What's worse? I, I mean, maybe physically there is worse, but I don't know because, I mean, I would say that to feel sorry for myself and be, <laughs> but like, I was able to block it out because it wasn't physically there. Yeah. So I suppressed it. And you know what? I have more issues probably if we were to compare issues, I'm more sensitive, like, you know, the abandonment for sure of not being seen or noticed is really hard. I'm not good at dealing with that. Um, But then at the time when I was a kid, I was just like, it's gone. But you, you're like constantly, you can't get away from it. You're just like constantly in it of people turning their back to you. Yeah. Do you have a fear of people doing that now? For sure. I mean, I feel abandonment issues if I'm like <clears throat> in a conversation and the attention shifts and like, I mean, I can, I can feel abandonment issues and still be around people. You know what I mean? Right. Does but what sense? were you just going to say? If the attention shifts from you to someone else, like do, not do even you- that, but if it's just like, if, if I'm like in a circle of people and I don't know how to explain this and somebody new walks up and the attention shifts to them and I, and I don't feel a part of it. I'll leave the conversation. Yes, 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 yes. I'd rather go be by myself and 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 feel like, I mean, at least I'm, when I'm alone, I I can like focus on what I want to focus on. Yeah. If I'm standing in a group of people that aren't, and no one in the circle is paying attention to me, then it's like I feel, I don't know, something comes up in me where I'm like, I can't be here anymore. So I know exactly what you mean because I get that too if there's a bunch of people that know each other and I don't know them. It's but the worst. It's the absolute worst. Like if yeah. I know ahead of time, I just won't put myself in that situation. It's yeah. There's no way to describe the feeling, but I'm different where I will stand there and I will smile and I will behave. Yeah. And then hopefully I'll be included. <laughs> yeah. And then I hate myself even more. Cause I'm like, this isn't my personality at all. You are fucking pathetic. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's tough. I don't know. And then I become like resentful of people that have confidence yeah. that can just. Yeah. Talk uh, to whoever. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't like them because they can do that. Well, do you, um, and then are there other things abandonment wise that come up or is there anything that like you've dealt with that you used to do because of these abandonment issues that have gone away or. What do you mean? Like, I don't know, in that situation that you're talking about where people, like someone new comes up and you'll leave the conversation. Uh, my therapist told me that I should uh, like challenge myself and I'm maybe your ther- therapist would be like, stick in the conversation, see what happens. Like, mm. Are there any things that you've done that you never used to do to change the pattern of the insecurity you feel? Um, yeah, I mean, I like try to be more conscious of being more present in conversations with new people. Um, but I don't know. I also just like, I, I play really hard to get socially, um, where I'm like, if, if I'm going to have a relationship with this person, then I really want to like, I don't, I don't want to have a relationship with everybody. I want like, I want to find the real people and then I'll, I'll put in time and effort with them. Okay. Um, but just like trying to be more friendly, I guess, to people I don't really care about. Yeah, I guess so. And do you think like 
that your abandonment issues have hindered you in any sort of way in your career or your <laughs> are you crying no i that's <laughs> yeah they've hindered me absolutely and while the thing about stand-up is like the career is kind of your personality yeah. so it's like the reason i've dealt with a lot of issues is because i want to get better at stand-up that's the only reason yeah um it's because i have something to get better for um so yeah it's it's like for sure it's hindered me i think i think it's it's now that i'm like dealing with it and conscious about it i can think about it it's less intrusive to my career or my relationships or whatever but in the past for sure it's like yeah it makes you be an asshole to people it which is interesting because then you're now taking on your dad's personality yeah of being the asshole yeah shutting people out and yeah hating success and yeah, yeah for sure it's wild because it, there's still a lot of them in me really yeah and do you get are you like fuck i did stand up for my mom for the first time in three or four years probably and i get off stage and the first thing she said is you're so much like your dad oh my god yeah really like and I, I also i've asked her about that too because i feel like whenever i act whenever i can feel myself acting a little like my dad i can yeah. i i kind of can like feel a little bit of distance growing between me and my mom whoa because i th i think i'm obviously she was so hurt you know this man left her with four yes. kids for yeah. a woman way worse than her so like her her self-esteem has always been very low right and i understand that too and uh yeah i don't know do you find that like were you insulted when she said that or like is there a part uh, of i thought it was a weird first thing to say yeah yeah you're like because i was like funny. that's not a, i know from coming from you that's not a compliment yeah you don't like the man yeah so it's just kind of weird but whatever she's you, she's also a person that doesn't really think about what she says right do you would you rather more validation when you get off stage would you rather your dad like your set more or your mom Hmm. I don't to be honest I don't care about either of them with stand up that's good that's healthy okay I don't do it for them not that you would but like if there's and, any sort of and in the past like thinking of them when I do stand up has held me back interesting because I've always like not wanted to talk shit about my family even though I have yeah. a lot of shit to talk even like my siblings and stuff I'm like I don't want anything to get on TV where they can see it when I talk shit about yeah, them yeah, but same. they all are idiots and I like they deserve to be talked about so are you talking about them then no but I will I mean at least talk about your parents because I don't know I'm a bit vengeful and was a bit of a fault but I think like your parents didn't censor themselves for you so why should you fucking censor yourself for their feelings <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel I'm like you, yeah. you guys yeah <laughs> you want to start caring now nah. nah too late yeah so I'm yeah I mean I do care about them more than they ever cared about me but yeah maybe you're right I shouldn't I don't think you should. I you mean, know, not the best advice. When they used to do handoffs for custody, uh -huh. it was in a the parking lot of an abandoned Burger King. <laughs> That's trash. Yeah. This is so it's like, trash. It's like a shitty drug deal. This is this is the and this is the thing. I know that therapists say, and like my last episode that I put out, I explained what happened with my dad. Everyone's like, your therapist is right. And I was like, great, 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 great. Therapists are like. It's not about them. You got to work on you. Sure, sure, sure. But like, I how are you supposed to not have resentment? Like, there's some part of me that I'm like, if I if I lose all my resentment, then who am I as a person? I mean, yeah. I feel weak. Yeah, but it's also like, 
harboring resentment isn't going to do anything good for your body or your mind. Yeah, I guess I don't I don't know if the word's resentment, but like the the Burger King thing. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't want to talk about them on stage. I'm just a bit like, well. I mean, I'll say shit like that. Though. I'll, t- I'll tell about stuff they did. Yeah. Because I'm um, a bit like, I don't know. I guess that is resentment where I'm like a bit tit for tat. I'm like, well, you did this. So like I, yeah, you know. Yeah, I guess I also I also haven't thought of it in ways to make it funny. Where it's like I'm still It's still sad. I'm still like dealing with Yeah. How to how to overcome it. Yeah. And so I'm not really thinking about it in a way of like sharing with people. Right. Yet. But I think that'll come. I'm trying to decide who I'm mad at more in your family. <laughs> <laughs> I the, thi- the thing that sucks too is like they're good people. They're both good people. They just are really shitty parents. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's hard to hate them. If they were bad people, it'd be easy. Right. You're like, fuck you. Exactly. But they're such good people yeah. where it's like, all right. No. Like, it's hard to hate. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And then if they meet people that your friends are probably like, they're great. Yeah. All my friends love my mom. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 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 And then you're like, but you fucked me up. But it, that's a very good point. They're good people, but they're not good parents. Yeah. Just shitty parents. Is there anything else, any other insight that you have about the abandonment issues and your dad and your mom? Um, if you have kids, just just uh, put them first. Kids are the most important people in society. They'll, they're the ones who can change the world and, and make the world better. And um, don't be selfish and think about yourself first. Think about your kids first. It's a really good message. I agree with that. And can relate to that very much so. I also think that if you put your kids first, even for like the prime moments of their life, maybe even until they're like 13, yeah, that's great. Yeah, And then they can shine and learn how to be them their own selves. And then if they have talents, like me and Matt have talent, yeah. they'll be way more confident and they'll be successful by now. Yeah. I mean, if you treat your kids correctly, they will never become artists. And I think that's <laughs> maybe good. Yeah. Art doesn't come from good places. I think that, like, um, yeah, you are fully responsible for how your kids turn out. And so just always keep that in mind. Yeah. Maybe not, like, I don't know about turnout, like, necessarily personality-wise, but I think that they're responsible for how our confidence levels turn out and our insecurities. They're responsible for insecurity and confidence. They're responsible for the way your kids treat other people yes 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 yes. obviously there's like disorders or illnesses that can come along i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the the way they treat people whether you love toxic people it's the same thing you you are so much more responsible for your kids than you could ever imagine yeah and just just remember that and if you don't think you'd be a good parent then don't fucking have kids when your kids stay on the pier take that walk take the walk okay do you want to talk about your podcast listen to my podcast the big humble Available everywhere. Are you going to describe it? How I don't know how to describe that podcast. It's two guys who really don't know anything, pretending they know it's a lot. Pinky and the Brain. Who's who? You're the Brain oh, and Morgan's tight. Pinky. All right. It's if you can imagine a podcast where I'm the smart one, then yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> it's good. Good pod. It's great pod. Um, I think he listens to this. <laughs> I don't know if he's gone as far. I think he started. No. Yeah, he might be listening to this. Hey, Morgan. Miss Hi, you. Morgan. But I just said he's the brain, which the brain's very nope, endearing. You, didn't. you said he's pinky. I mean, pinky. He's endearing. Pinky's Don't a... try to save it. It's going to make it sound worse. I like pinky. <laughs> okay. Do you have any? What about your Instagram and Twitter? Uh, Matt Daddy Lockwood on Instagram. Delete Twitter if you have it. Delete it. It's a cesspool. It's bad for your mental health. Is it just because it's like politics? 
yeah, it's a lot of politics. It's a lot of complaining. It's a lot of the amount of funny on there is is so minuscule compared to everything else. Yeah. Okay. Um, go to go to websites. Find. I mean, even Instagram is better than fucking Twitter. Well, there you go. A lot of <laughs> advice given today, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Bye bye. Say bye. Bye. See you. Damn, that was some insightful shit that Matt spilled at us in the end. It's a big question that I want to explore until I talk to my dad again and we start the podcast back up normally. And maybe I'll keep exploring it when we're back in our flow again. But what is worse, having your parent there and not be there emotionally and striving for that love or not physically being there. Now, listen, if they're not physically there, obviously you're not getting any of the emotion either, but it was a interesting thing to think about. And it's wild because it's like me and Matt have the same insecurities and abandonment issues. We express them in different ways, but as you heard, you know, his parents were there and it's, it's painful either way. And as I said, I have a couple other people in mind that I know have had some really fucked up situations go on, but let's see, uh, let's see what makes you more fucked up. Parent there, parent not there. In the meantime, I'm going to put this episode up on Patreon because I videotaped it. And since Matt is a fluid speaker and doesn't pause and doesn't go off on tangents, I didn't have to cut this up too much. Once again, thanks for sticking with us. Let me know what you think. Would you rather parent there, parent not there? This is fun.